0: My goal is to empower you with information, inspire you to make changes that fit you, and feel 100% supported along the way. So settle in and make yourself comfortable, and get excited to learn and take action for a better, healthier, more energized life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Motivation Made Easy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Sean Hondorp, and we have... a really special conversation today. So, um, I started basically, uh, I started this podcast in February and we just hit our one year birthday or anniversary, which is so exciting. And, um, I started in February. I was doing this all on my own. Um, I, it was a dream of mine to have a podcast. So I did everything on my own starting in February. We came out with like five episodes. I say we, it was just me at that time. I came out with five episodes and I started doing weekly episodes. And, um, it also, as you know, has a blog attached and there is a lot of work that goes into this, um, podcast. So I did that. I launched my online program, the body respect program for the first time in, I believe we started in April and, um, it was in April I I launched the program I was excited but I was creating it for the first time I was doing a lot I was working more than I've worked in years like many hours a week um and I was like this is not sustainable and I really came to this crossroad I was like okay I love what I'm doing with the podcast and online program but I also see one-on-one therapy clients like this there's no way I can keep doing this um because it's, I will burn out. I'm already kind of there. And, um, so I had sort of a crossroads where I basically, um, I wanted to, you know, get help, but I didn't have the, like the podcast and the program at that point was not bringing in much of any revenue, um, some, but not nearly enough to like pay someone consistently for all the help that I needed. So I decided to create, um, a internship program with, um, undergrad students who might be interested. And, uh, really, I was not sure what to expect. I've worked with students before. I really enjoyed it, but it was, um, very different experience. I'd never worked with students. Um, I actually tried a little bit to work with someone inside my business when I was like just starting blogging and I just had no idea how to like ask them for help. I had no idea how to give them tasks efficiently. And I just had this deep sense that like I needed help, but I had zero idea how to do it. And so I ended up joining a business training. That's a year long training. It's it's kind of funny because the training, I kind of came across it on a podcast and I started researching it and i started just being like oh yeah this is like 100% what i need and i, I jumped in and i did it um kind of made a leap because it was a very big monetary investment and um it was it was funny because i i just um kind of intuitively knew it was right but i didn't really know anything about how it was going to transform things for me. Um, And that's, I think, often the case. Like, we sort of, like, jump into something and we're like, "Uh, I think this is for me. And, like, I I start to sort of take that leap of faith. um, But you don't actually know how it's going to turn out. And uh, But luckily I knew myself, I knew that um, I would invest my time and energy in working the program and, and doing the, the program and I did. Um, so basically what the program encourage encourages you to do is to get support and help with um, what you're doing. So you can actually grow and have the impact you want to have because essentially it was like, you're going to have to give up this podcast like this is not going to keep being a thing unless you get help but you can't afford help um, and if you're going to pay for help which I now am doing um, which is exciting I've um, brought on uh, two of uh, the previous interns as team members um, so I now am paying for help which is exciting and we have a new intern class starting um Right now, as I'm recording, it's, we're in January. This episode will come out a little bit after that. But um, it's, it's just been really, really eye-opening. Um, so this, the interns that we're going to talk to today in this episode, uh, Grace, Julia, and Sonia, I'm so grateful to them because they helped basically keep my dream alive. And um, their enthusiasm made me more enthusiastic. It's, um, it was a lot in the past, uh, well, in the past year, it's been a lot for me of just lots of new learning, lots of new, uh, uncomfortable growth, trying to learn how to be a leader, how to effectively communicate and delegate, um, what I need help with. Um, it's been hard and really, really rewarding. And so much of what's been rewarding is, um, My business training helped me to find really aligned team members. And so as you're going to talk, we're going to listen to this conversation today where I basically interview um, Julia, Grace and Sonia about their experiences in the internship, um, the six month internship that they did. And, yeah, I I think just I want to express, again, my gratitude to them um, for their enthusiasm and keeping me enthusiastic and excited and and supported in this mission because uh, there's a lot of work that goes behind the scenes here and they were so immensely helpful and valuable and I am just so happy that I I found them. Um, LinkedIn free ads apparently are a great way to find really aligned team members um, but also my business training helped me to kind of communicate in for what I was looking for so I could find really aligned folks and I, I certainly did that. So without further ado, what we're going to cover in this episode. Um, so all of the interns go through and share their experiences, um, a little bit about background about their relationship with food prior to the internship and how the internship changed things for them. Um, actually, as part of the internship, all interns go through the body respect program. So they kind of see what we're helping people with. um, But they can also, most of us can kind of benefit from this in that I kind of knew that was true, but it was interesting to hear it back from them. Um, Like this approach benefits you regardless of where you're at in your relationship with food, which is kind of cool. Uh, And and certainly was my intention, but you never know until you try. (laughs) And so they, uh, they talk about their current education. Um, at the time of recording, two of them were just graduating from with their bachelors, and um, but all of them on the internship were during their bachelors training, and they talk about how much or really how little of what we talk about in this approach, in this podcast, is is being taught in their standard training. So they were in psychology ma- psychology majors, two of them, and one nutrition major. And um, I think you're going to find that pretty fascinating. I know I did. They talk about some myths and misconceptions that were dispelled, and they talk about where they'd love to see things change, um, some of the things that were surprising to them, some of the things that they, um, that they learned during this experience. And, um, yeah, I think what... Uh, you know, what was most surprising to me and what I want you to think about, um, and this is why I titled this episode, what I did, is this myth. So, um, I'm in, I'm 36, um, I have this idea, and maybe you do too, that like because body positivity and the anti-diet approach and intuitive eating is more well known, I think, I, I'm sure it is definitely more well-known than it was when I was growing up. Um, well, when I was growing up, we didn't have Facebook until uh, my I was in college. And we certainly didn't have Instagram. Um, and so I didn't know about these approaches. And I might have gotten exposed to them sooner. Um, and I and part of me feels like if I had, maybe things would be different. But I don't know. It's interesting because basically you'll hear um, Sonia, Julia, and Grace all talk about how things actually are from the perspective of three people currently in college. And they're um, in New Delhi, India, uh, Virginia, and Texas. So we get some just all over, Um, which is super cool too. Because I think that my myth that was dispelled in this conversation is this idea of like, young people are very body positive, right? Like, they're anti-diet, and uh, yeah, I think um, you're gonna listen to this and maybe get a, a different a different take on that as I did. So I'm really excited to dive into this episode with you today. Thank you for being here and for listening. Do you ever worry that you're wasting your life? I definitely did. In fact, I wrote that in my journal many years ago when I was in the middle of the diet binge roller coaster ride. I woke up every day thinking about food, my body, and what I would eat that day to quote unquote be healthy. The notebooks I had filled with calories and points could fill up a spare bedroom. Social events and vacations immediately prompted the thought, they will notice I've gained weight or I need to lose weight by then. Deep down, I knew I wasn't living life the way I wanted to, but I didn't know how to pull myself out of it. If this is you. I want you to imagine what it would feel like to feel empowered in your body and proud of your choices on a consistent basis. I promise you this is possible and it isn't too late. You see, dieting steals our motivation. It makes us ineffective and lose faith in ourselves. It keeps us spinning our wheels in a system that was never built to work. If you're ready to take that first step to motivating yourself with what matters to you, download my Cultivate Powerful Motivation Guide which is quite beautifully designed if I say so myself, and walk through the simple three steps to cultivate motivation that works for you in 15 minutes or less. You'll get a simple formula to write one sentence at the end that you can use to motivate yourself on a daily basis. You can write this sentence on your bathroom mirror, put it on the background of your phone, or just read it and repeat it in your mind consistently. Look, I know how much it hurts to live a life worrying that you're missing out, not stepping into the person that you were truly meant to be. You can listen to the podcast all day, but taking that first step, putting pen to paper, or typing on your phone, is required for true lasting change. It's time to start living, my friend. So, it's 100% free. What are you waiting for? Grab your free guide today at drhondorp.com forward slash motivate. That's drhondor pcom forward slash motivate. And before we dive into today's episode, just a reminder that this podcast and corresponding blog are for informational and educational purposes only and should not ever be construed as any form of professional advice. If you are struggling in any of these areas or trying to figure out how this applies to your specific situation, always consult a professional for guidance. All right, let's dive in. All right. Welcome back to the Motivation Made Easy podcast. We have a very, very special episode today. So I am joined today by three guests. They're my special guests, my interns, my psychology of wellness. What do we call it? This uh, health promotion interns that have been um, really working incredibly hard in our mission since uh, July, if I remember correctly. So the past six months, we're recording this um, December 23rd, so at the end of the year. And we're gonna have some really great conversations. I'm really excited. I, I haven't asked you guys really many of these questions at all. So it's gonna be a very organic conversation of me hearing about your experiences um, the past six months, and, uh, and I hopefully will get a chance to express my gratitude as well. So we're gonna dive right in. We're gonna have everyone start off first by just introducing yourself. So tell us where you're from, your school and area of study, a fun fact about you and why you joined the internship. So we're going to start with Grace.
1: Okay. Hello, everyone. My name is Grace Rappaport. Um I'm from Virginia Beach, Virginia, and I actually just graduated from Virginia Commonwealth University with my Bachelor of Science in Psychology. Um, a fun fact about me is I like to sing and play instruments in my
0: free time, occasionally.
1: Um, and- I didn't know the
0: singing part. That's a uh- I wish I could sing. So, we're going to have to get you to sing and this podcast. It's kind of like on the down low, but (laughs) just. Okay. Well, you just outed
1: yourself. (laughs) Uh, And then I joined the internship because I really just felt like uh, this was the first message that I've seen that I've been truly and completely aligned with. Um, uh, So, I have some personal experience with poor body image and, you know, constantly worrying about how much I'm eating and, what I'm eating and how it's going to affect my appearance. Um, And then fast forward to now, I guess it's been really freeing for me to kind of break free from that cycle. And interning here has allowed me to have a part in showing people that they aren't alone and that so many women struggle with this and at no fault of their own and they can live better, fuller and more enjoyable lives.
0: Wonderful. Well, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. And I can't wait to, to learn even more about that. We're going to delve into all of that. So wonderful. And uh, Julia.
2: Yeah. Hi, I'm Julia. Um, I'm originally from San Antonio, Texas, but I just graduated from Texas A&M University in College Station with my bachelor's of science and nutrition. And a fun fact about me is, well, I guess I just found this out today about myself, but apparently I don't like cats (laughs) because we're cat sitting right now for a friend. And I thought I loved cats, but kind of got into a tussle with her. (laughs) And she was like playing this game where she would like hide under the bed and then like jump out at me. And it was like so cute at first, but then she like jumped and like scratched my face. And I was like, Oh no,
0: (laughs) I was like, well, (laughs) yeah, if you've done a one eighty on your cat, N- yeah. impressions
2: <laughs> yeah so I need to get to know her more <laughs> maybe I'll change my mind but yeah not That's, the biggest fan
0: <laughs> that is really funny I um I've also been very much like clawed by a cat I was staying at a friend's house um and they had a young child that was very very upset and I was staying there for an interview I was doing um and anyway it was really my first experience with like a screaming child this was many years ago and uh the cat was so so mad that it clawed my own calf like it like poked a hole in my calf <laughs> like i was like hmm. oh uh, i'm kind of with you on that like some cats are pretty awesome but i'm more of a dog yeah. person well. <laughs> yeah. yeah i feel
2: that oh <laughs> um, yeah so and um why i joined the internship um like i said i'm a nutrition student so Um, in class and in lectures, we learn like all about how there's so much and so many factors that go into like weight loss or weight retention. Um, And so just seeing like what perpetuates um, or like pervades our um, like culture with like diet, it just seems like there's just two sides to the story. Like the science does not back up diet culture at all. So I was really interested in like, there's something deeper here. So um, that's what really caught my eye about the internship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I remember that interview where you were just like, really, you're just like, I I think this is true of you and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but like very just like committed to figuring out what, what truth is and what is, you know, actually evidence-based. Is that Mm -hmm. right?
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Cool. Well, welcome to the podcast, Julia. And now, Sanya. Hello, everyone. So I'm Sanya
3: Kapoor, and I'm from India. And I'm currently doing my Bachelor's of Science in Clinical Psychology. And I have an alarm going on. I'm so sorry for that.
0: (laughs) It's real life. It's good.
3: (laughs) Yeah. One fact about me would be that I'm struggling with my hamsters screaming so that I can record for the podcast. Moving on to what got my eye for this internship was that I was lucky enough to be on my own journey of body positivity and self-love during the time when I got this chance and I found Sean's uh, pamphlet or like the internship ad and I was like this is something I'm struggling with and um, I so strongly believed about the message because I was going through it, going away from it. I was trying to get into it, but it was, you know, the right culture and everything. I was going into that hole and, um, I saw the message and I related to it and then
0: I joined it. Wonderful. Well, um, yeah, it's been a joy having you here, all three of you and, uh, and your hamsters as well. So they're welcome to, to try <laughs> as, as desired. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, what we're going to talk about is some of you, actually, I think all of you touched on this a little bit, but I would love to hear how your relationship with food and your body was kind of growing up and then maybe where you were when you started the internship six months ago. And um, again, some of you touched on this, but I'd love for you to expand on that a little bit um, and, and maybe talk a little bit more about your, your background in this area. Yes. Um, so-
3: Go ahead. You can go.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, so as a kid, um, I had a really great relationship with food. Um, I loved the taste of food. I loved eating food and I ate as much as I wanted, didn't worry about it at all. And I just, I really got to experience like enjoying my life as a kid and knowing what that feels like. Um, and that sort of started to shift as I got older and I started to see my body changing more and like people would start to make comments on my body. Um, So that's when I started becoming really focused on food and trying to change the way that I looked. Um, But as for six months ago, um, I would say my relationship with food was a lot better, uh, but it also could have been better at the time. And I didn't really realize that. Um, So I wanted to mention that about a year ago, I was diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome, which was like a whole experience in its own. Um, and after going through all of that and a lot of abdominal pain, uh, I noticed that I really started to choose foods based on how I felt rather than, um, how those foods were impacting my appearance. So that was really cool to see. Um, but I also was still getting down on myself a little bit for eating certain foods and kind of thinking about what I should eat rather than what I wanted to eat.
0: And we had was would you say your experience? It sounds like it was so, somewhat gradual of like moving away from probably being a, more of an intuitive eater, if you will, and then kind of gradually moving away from that. The more appearance focused thoughts yeah. came in, and it wasn't necessarily like one moment where things shifted drastically. Is that right?
1: Right. Yeah. So in in high school, um, I guess I started taking all of those comments to heart. Like I noticed that. I was in a much smaller body um, than most of the people that I knew, but I ate really well. So it didn't make sense to me why people were making those comments. So I was like, I have to start eating more. And then in college, you know, my body changed more. And then I was like, I have to start eating less. So that's where it kind of the cycle started for me.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of um, a couple of episodes, many episodes ago, Rachel Rickabaugh talked about like the window of appropriateness can be small. It's like we can get pulled in so many like different directions and it can often rarely has to do with health. It has to do with, right. you know, shoulds. And uh, so, all right, well, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Tanya, do you want to jump in now?
3: Yeah, so. Uh... Ever since I was a child, I've been on the fatter side of the spectrum. I say fat because I used to get all these comments, just as Chris said. And um, uh, I started taking them to heart since the very beginning. So my entire childhood was uh, bullying and, you know, taking the comments and then trying to fit in and, you know, trying to wear clothes or trying to eat whatever others are eating, but also trying to avoid... not to eat much junk, because at that age, everybody's into pizzas and burgers and everything. And I was like, if I'd eat more, then I'd grow more and more, and then I'll get to hear more. So that was something I was struggling with. And um, and then uh, when I started leaving food, I started not eating, I started starving myself, nothing happened. So I was really confused that if I'm not eating, the weight is still not going down. And eventually, uh, because of this, because of this problem of not eating enough, I got diagnosed with ovarian cysts and then multiple problems here and there regarding the abdomen, the liver. I started getting problems because I wasn't eating well. So just before the internship, a year or two before the internship, I started to, uh, I started getting comfortable in my own body. I started eating what was required
0: You're muted. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, you said I started eating what was required then.
3: Yeah, I I usually what I used to do is I used to one night, one night when I was crying, I, I was fed up of the comments. I used to go on the internet. I used to look for diets, which would make me lose my weight in like 10 days or something. And then I used to start following them. So that was something which was a really bad phase, but eventually I got out of it. And while I was on my way, I found your um, offer and then I related. That was the only reason why I relate to the message so much, because that is something I've been going on uh, on my own. So, yeah, that is what happened.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And that's um, you, you kind of said in your uh, I think application video a little bit about that, but I did not know the extent of it. And that's, you know, that's, that's painful. I don't have to tell you that I'm sure, but like, that's, that's a lot to, to cope with. Not just, you know, sometimes it's like more subtle messages about what we should or shouldn't do. And other times it's overt, you know, bullying and, and like overt comments. And that does, um, take it to a whole nother level for many people.
2: Um. Yeah. So for my experience, um, I was always uh, an active kid. Like I had um, played soccer pretty much for all of my like childhood. And so I was always running around the soccer field and like grace, like when I was a kid, my relationship with food was pretty balanced, I guess. I never like questioned what I was eating. And I think my parents were like, well, she's running around all the time. So we got to like feed her, you know, a lot of food so she can, um, balance the energy out. But, but, um, so I would just like eat anything. Like I would eat a lot of fast food and stuff. And just because I'm like, well, I'm exercising a lot so I can eat whatever I want. And so then eventually I quit soccer and I knew that I needed to do something with my diet. And so I really got into tracking macros, um, which I'm grateful for the experience because I'm like aware of food now, but it definitely became a little bit like obsessive. Um, and yeah, so six months ago, I think I, I think I, Thought that I knew a lot about food just because I'm like, oh, well, I know the exact macronutrients of like any food that like I put into my body. So like I know about food, you know, I know about weight loss and all that stuff. And so I think I definitely thought I knew a lot more than I actually did. And um, through this internship, I will I guess we'll touch on that more later. But it's really opened my eyes to like there's a lot more that goes into this than just the numbers. So, Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah. And that might be a good transition point. Cause that is sort of the, the next question, right. Is like how, if different, how have things shifted in just kind of things that you've learned in the, in the internship or, you know, in the past six months? Yeah. Do you want to take the lead on that since you already started to touch on it? Yeah, definitely.
2: Like, like I said, I have just been like tracking macros for probably like five years, um, just like before this internship and um, it just made me super aware of anything that I was putting into my body. Um, And so seeing this like ideas of like intuitive eating and just like trusting your body is like, was really scary for me. Um, Especially in the internship, I was like, you know, what is this? Like, what is this all about? Like, you can't trust your body. Like you need to like, make sure, you know, like the exact calories that are going into your body. Um, And so I think, the biggest thing for me that's changed is just really learning to listen to myself and really trust my body and it's hunger and fullness cues and to not doubt my body when it's hungry, just because maybe numbers are telling me otherwise. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just like trust and like your body is there to like, keep you alive, keep you healthy. It's on the same team as you, and it's not trying to fight against you. So if we just like get on the same team, mm-hmm. <laughs> things will yeah. be
0: good. That's awesome. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember exactly who, I feel like those are some words from like some of our guests on the podcast. Is that, does that resonate? Is that right? Like, uh, yeah, I can't remember. I, I think a few of them, but I have a, you know, me and my memory is not the best, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that because um, I mean, yeah, sometimes even with like the, um, I have a really close friend who's, a nutrition teacher. And she does get really excited about like actually really understanding the science of nutrition and macros. And like, it's, you know, at this point in her life, she's my age, it's not, you know, rigid, but it's this balance of like, basically everyone being honest with themselves, right. About like, how is this really factoring in for me and, and how is it um, maybe taking up more mental space than it needs to, to actually have health. And so it sounds like for you, that's been being just kind of looking at that differently, and um, maybe not even realizing that there was some disconnect between self trust and body trust. And it sounds like listening to some of these stories have kind of shifted that. Is that right?
2: Yeah, definitely. And like, even as a nutrition student, some of our textbooks and lecture material is still really outdated. Um, just like, for example, like you know, calories in versus calories out is the only way to lose weight, you know, very like um, Mm -hmm. this is the only way kind of thing. And so um, it just doesn't make sense when you think about it. If you like take a step back from all the science and logic and whatever, and you just think about it, you're like, well, my body already has a system that tells me when I need food and when I am full. So yeah, yeah, it's been really interesting, like connecting the science with like our actual human experience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, like our body already has this thermostat measure that's like been serving it pretty well and like that some we need this external system to hijack it. Mm-hmm. Really questioning that. And yes, textbooks and research in my grad school was not that long ago and we learned all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, um kind of similar to what you were saying, Julia, like kind of realizing that that all or nothing thinking just doesn't work. Um, that's something that I've had to think a lot about and I'm definitely still working on it, but I feel so much more in tune with my body now and just trying to be as compassionate as I can, because I was not doing that before. Um, so like for a few months now, I've really been zeroing in on my hunger cues and my fullness cues and trying to honor those as much, as much as I can. And also just honoring like what I want to eat um, so now whenever I'm walking into the kitchen I'm like what do I actually want and uh, I eat it instead of eating something that I feel like I should eat um, yeah so and I think that that's actually reduced my cravings a lot overall as well
0: isn't that interesting it's like yeah still kind of fascinating to me too like you're like oh wow this just It's very surprising. It's very different than what even logical thought would tell you, like, no, don't give yourself permission. You're going to eat more. And yet it's not tends to be the experience at all. For me, how this journey of six
3: months, what was the most important thing for me? What changed was the fact that I wanted to understand That I can leave dieting and still be healthy. You know how there was one of the episodes which I was doing, and then I understood this message that anti diet is not anti health, if you remember. Mm -hmm. Because uh, not following a diet made you feel, made me feel that it's either I'm not trying to be healthy, I'm not looking after my body. And these were certain things which I was constantly worrying about. But then I slowly started realizing that if I am not doing a diet, it does not mean that I am, you know, um, not trying to be healthy. I'm just rejecting the fact that uh, what you eat and your body appearance are some things that go hand in hand. It's just that what your body needs, intuitive eating and everything, that is something we need to focus on more. So my change was my perspective about dieting and how not following a diet does not mean that I'm not healthy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's well, well put. And that's what I think, like, certainly, I think that's our one of the main messages and one of the main myths that we're trying to dispel, because it is, you know, I think a lot of people see these messages on social media, and then they only get a snapshot, but it's like, no, I, I, as you all know, I truly believe this is like the best way to support your health and it's um it's just a lot of unlearning but then you can still absolutely be learning it's it's just rejecting the idea too that like food choices are about morally being good or bad because even if we don't mean to the idea of like this food is healthy and this food isn't healthy almost always is associated with like you're good if you eat this food and you're bad if you eat this food And of course there's foods that are like more and less nutrient dense, right? Like no one is denying that, like, there's more nutrients in a bucket of vegetables than there is in fast food. And yet it's not a moral obligation to make one choice or the other. So, yeah. So really moving away from like that freedom of choice and like, you're not good or bad. And it's, and of course, then the idea that like our weight is not fully in our control, right? There's like a tiny bit of it that's somewhat in our control, but mostly it's like genetically determined. And so, yeah. Well, nice. That's, uh, again, I, a lot of these things, partly because the six months have been a very busy six months. I haven't known all of these things. And so it's cool to hear how, um, kind of sounds like all of you came in, at maybe, obviously you're on your own individual paths, but there was I think and that's actually the when I do this work too the more I realize, like even though I felt very good about like my relationship with food when I started doing this work the sort of body liberation and like health at every size space is like good for all of us at all body sizes and all places in our journey because it's just about freedom um, and choice and so I can kind of relate to like even if you're like kind of grace, you're like, I was feeling pretty good about where I was at, but like, there's still more freedom and like, it almost opens up a little bit more of body respect. And in, in many ways to throw yeah. in the the program name,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's hard to know exactly where you're at. Um, because I feel like there's more clarity in hindsight, I guess. So, uh, Mm -hmm. Seeing where I was six months ago now is like, wow, you know, I still had a lot of work to do, and I feel like I uh, still do now.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I bet I'm imagining many, many people, particularly women, can relate to that. And some of sometimes we don't even, we're just like, accept, like, well, this is how I'm going to feel, and this is like the strain I'm going to feel, and the shoulds I'm going to feel about this, versus like, no, I could feel very differently and feel much more empowered. And, and it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that I'm not focusing on my health. In fact, it means that I am focused on my health in the most effective way. So um, I'm curious, because I know each of you are passionate about this message, but why are you so passionate about this message? I think for me,
3: it's totally completely because it's so personal. It's so personal because I've been going through this since the very beginning, since like my childhood. So I remember when we were doing the interview, you asked the same thing. And I said that it was so personal because I've been uh, trying to overcome this thing since a very long time. And seeing a message like this, I could immediately relate to it. And I remember telling you that I was looking for an internship, but what is better than looking for something that you truly believe that and you're so passionate about? So it's completely personal for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I kind of, um, yeah, it, it's personal for me too. Uh, I was sharing my story before, but um, I think uh, the impacts of diet culture on women definitely aren't talked about enough, um, which is really sad because Uh, societal pressure on women has been going on for a very, very long time. Um, And social media is definitely not helping with that, especially with younger generations and upcoming generations after that. Um, So I think it's just really important to get this message out to more women and let them know that there are more effective ways to break free from diet culture and uh, that there is actually something that works
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I'm kind of curious like uh how common do you think it is among your peers and your friends to struggle with this and like how much like I guess even just the question of obviously you don't know for sure because you're not in their heads but like I'm curious, like in your, you guys are all a very similar age, like in your generation, how, how often do you think women are caught up in this cycle? Like, are there, obviously I would imagine there's maybe some people that aren't, but like, what would you have to, what would you guess?
1: Among the people that I know, I think everyone struggles with it, at least a little bit, women at least. And, um, it's just, uh, you know, even if someone seems confident, uh, from the outside. Um, people are going on Instagram and, you know, still using all of these apps to edit their appearance and uh, seeing all of these pictures of unobtainable unobtainable bodies and um, seeing ads that are promoting fad diets that you know you can lose this amount of weight in 10 days if you do this easy thing. And um, so I think that most people struggle with it. Um, young people at least.
2: Yeah I think definitely same like at least with like the people that I'm surrounded with like and I think in college like a lot of times we'll just joke about it like and just kind of play it off like oh semi-formals coming up I gotta go on a diet to fit into my dress you know and it's like we all laugh about it but then it's like you know these comments are just like happening like so frequently that it's like maybe these things aren't a joke and like these are really ingrained in our head that like we have something that we have to look good for in quotations and so we have to do something to prepare for that and I think as women it definitely affects us especially in our age group what like you said social media and stuff.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, social media and having the perfect body, posting the perfect picture, I think that puts a lot of pressure on an individual, because of which now people are getting pressurized into getting the perfect shape, getting the perfect picture, getting into perfect clothes and everything. And I think not just for women, I mean, I know there's, I personally feel that there's more women who are facing these, but I think men as well. Are facing these problems, you know, to have those perfect six-pack abs and have that bulk in the body and everything. I think it's for both the genders and it's too much because of this, this pressure to be perfect or to showcase the best side of
0: yourself on social media. Yeah. Yeah. It makes, I'm, as you guys know, I have mixed feelings about social media, but like it makes I... Back in my day, we Facebook was started when I was a sophomore in uh, co- college. Uh, yes, I think that's right. And um, you didn't. There weren't any pictures on Facebook. Instagram wasn't a thing. You could like poke your friends and like write on their wall in a f- written message. Like there was no pictures, and so and the pictures didn't happen till the end. And so like it just it just makes me wonder like how. I do think that has played a big role in these things we're talking about, not just body image, but like mental well-being and social comparison. And it's like, how, how could it not? And I mean, certainly I think there's a lot of people in my generation and older generations that very much were influenced by diet culture, but it does make me kind of wonder what the intersection is between the, the social media aspect too. Cause obviously it's not helping, although it does help to get some of these health at every size messages out there. Like there's, a lot of places it's not helping.
1: Yeah. And I almost think, um, well, I think it's really dangerous because, uh, it's so common now on social media that, um, younger people especially are kind of becoming desensitized to it. So
0: they don't even realize like that they
1: don't have to deal with that.
0: Um, yeah. Like it's almost like, sometimes I'm like, maybe it's better for younger generations because, I don't know. We talk about some things more than we used to, but like maybe not. And maybe it sounds like as a whole, probably not, which is why we need to get the message out there more, but that's kind of sad to reflect on. Yeah. And Along, um, well, this is a sli- slightly different question, but what did you learn during the internship that surprised you the most or any myths or misconceptions that you held that were dispelled? Okay, so um, I
3: remember Sean and I were, uh, I, I know Julia and Grace. I don't think you know this, but we were working on my capstone project wherein then we came up and discussed about this topic, the health at every size movement. And something that surprised me was, first of all, there's a moment like this. And secondly, something that is so important, it's not there around the world. It's so less known. It should be all around the world. It should be more recognized. And it's just not known. I myself, you know, coming from the place I come, India, there's a lot of people struggling from body image issues and you know uh following diets and everything and i think this is some this is one message which is so necessary but so less heard and so less recognized i was so surprised i i told sean right away that i don't know about this but i want to know about this i want to read about this and then i went on reading about it and i realized not even in not just in india but uh in other countries as well it's not that known So that was something that, something so important. Why is it not so recognized? That was something that surprised me.
0: Yeah, and it's not particularly well-known here either. Um, In the U.S., this is something that I didn't learn in graduate school. I found it, and almost most people that I interview on the podcast, they found it um, on their own And the books. I mean, yeah, so I, yeah, it's, and, and yeah, the, sort of myths and misconceptions about like this idea weight equals health or like that there's a strong causal factor there I would say that's dispelled in the book that was written in 2012 but it's still not very well known so
2: yeah I think like um because I'm pre-med so um I'll shadow a lot of doctors and people in the health space and I Same as Sonia. It's just like, it's kind of surprising how I think medicine and the health space hasn't really caught up to this yet. Um, With health at every size, I think one of the things that maybe I learned in a podcast from yours or a blog post about BMI and how that's just not really an accurate measure of health, even though literally like that's like the first thing people ask you, like when you're getting a checkup, like your BMI, your weight, they weigh you and weight seems like everything. And like, so that was definitely surprising to me. Um, and just how, like maybe not open, I think at least some of the doctors and people that I've spoken to are about that and very, um, stuck in their ways maybe, or just like, they don't even know about it. Like you said, so.
0: Yeah. Or they hear health at every size and that's like, they think it means everyone's healthy and just do whatever and eat whatever. And that's like, definitely not what the movement's about, as you all know, but like, it's actually, I think a lot of times I've heard a lot from doctors like that's great for body positivity, but that's not healthy. And it's like, well, actually it's a very evidence-based approach, but it's, it's hard to wrap your head around if you're only seeing it and not having a nuanced conversation, you're just seeing the four words. Like, so I'd, I'd say, yeah, that's um, it definitely, as you know, I, a goal of mine, but it's, it, we got a long, we got a lot of work to do, so. Yeah, um, on a little bit of a different note,
1: um, I came into this internship, and I think I brought this up to you, Sean, and maybe Julia and Sonia as well, but uh, I came into this internship viewing psychologists in a certain light, um, kind of like varied by the book, and uh who kind of you know listen to their clients and guide them in the right direction uh but i didn't realize that they actually can and do um share personal stories and experiences and how powerful of a tool that can be so really just also just the emphasis on the importance of relationships building positive relationships um, and I think that's, I know now that that's a very important thing between, uh, client and
0: therapist relationships as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sort of like, uh, yeah, you and I had talked about that a little bit, like, just like, yeah. cause I had a lot of professional fears about sharing personal stuff on the podcast. Um, I was fearful that somehow it would upset patients that I talked to or clients that call them clients now that I'm out of healthcare, but, um, I mean, I, in a one-on-one relationship with me, I'm rarely talking about myself. I mean, I might here and there, but like, it's a very different setting and it's very humanizing and normalizing to hear like, oh, wow, I'm not the only one that struggles with this. And uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely was sometimes, yeah, a lot of our systems and the way we've learned how to do our professional roles and not just psychology is based on traditions that may not make sense anymore and maybe never did make sense and so I think yeah being able to like question that and say like "Hmm, I'm gonna bring a different perspective certainly like Brene Brown's work helped me to be like does this feel right to me and it felt scary but it actually did feel right because I'm like oh well this is the story this is what helped me the most hearing people's stories so might as well share my story yeah yeah were there any certain stories or moments that stuck with you throughout the internship?
2: I think for me, um, just bouncing off what y'all said about stories, um, I'm the program support um, intern here, so I get to hop on a lot of calls with the program participants, and so it's always really good to see their faces, Um, but I think you know i think just in general hearing hearing the program participants just share about their personal experiences with their health journey and just really the shame and pain that comes with diet culture and just these expectations that society has put on women to look a certain way or fit into a certain size of clothing and just hearing real stories about that because I haven't really been surrounded by anyone personally in my life that has struggled with that. And so um, really getting to connect with people and hear from their point of view, like this is real and like this affects so many women and this message really needs to be, you know, shared because I think a lot more people than we think are going through something similar to this. So.
1: Yeah. uh, Mine is kind of similar to what you said, Julia. Um, Just listening to testimonials and the stories of those who have gone through the Body Respect program and, you know, comparing who they were before they started to how they were feeling after they completed the program was really cool to see um, and really eye-opening because it's showing that this is actually working and helping people feel more connected to their bodies.
3: Maybe because you guys worked with the BRP and the people and testimonials, I was more focused on the podcasts. And uh, something that stuck with me was that one episode. Uh, I think it was Joanna's episode about where she talked about PCOS. Mm -hmm. And that is something so many people are struggling from, uh, like personally, myself as well. And that was something that stuck with me. Why? Because she really explained it well. And, you know, she was talking about all the societal pressure and, the, you know, the need to become in the perfect body and struggling from all the hormones and everything. And how uh, I personally didn't know that PCOS does not have a clear, direct, diagnosed cause. So, you know, actually, I'm not even kidding. That episode literally helped me with what I am going through. And that is something that was stuck with me. Plus I would share that episode with people who I know that have PCOS and you know, they're struggling with it. So that was something that stuck with me. And now I constantly keep on sharing that episode because I know that it helped me. So now it'll help others as well who are struggling from
0: PCOS. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, it's a very good episode, very downloaded one and uh, very sciencey, but very empowering too, I think, to just understand. That uh, eat, eat less carbs and lose weight is not good advice. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the standard. So that, uh, we need to, as always look at root cause if we can, and, and, or at least factors contributing. That's, I think the biggest, biggest shame about all of this is that we just spin our wheels focusing on weight loss. And it's like, um, what's actually going on physiologically and, and what would actually help. So. Uh, How would you guys like to see the world change in this area and or how would you, how will you take what you learned with you? Something I think I would really
3: like to see change in this world is the awareness. I mean, there's still a lot of people in the society putting pressure, like we're focusing on that part who's being pressured. We're focusing on that majority who's being pressured and trying to be perfect. But why not focus on the part that is pressuring those people? There should be more awareness. There should be more knowledge in this area. And, you know, if there's more knowledge, more awareness, then probably there'll be less pressure. And, you know, automatically everything will go on accordingly. And if there's less pressure, you don't have to follow certain strict diets, and, you know, have that perfect body there'll be no perfect body Mm -hmm. every body would be perfect and I think it's only going to come out if there's more awareness and if more people know about this so that there's no pressure
0: yeah yeah change systems right like the of course we want to help the individuals change how they think about things and like but in in the meantime since change systemic change takes a long time but ultimately, absolutely changing systems that, that put the pressure on, because otherwise we're just having to adapt. And so changing our environment, which means changing awareness, which changes the social environment. So that's an excellent point.
2: Yeah, I think um, I'd love to see just um, you know what the psychology of wellness is trying to do just provide science-backed you know evidence-based information to people and to the public because you know we are all super blessed to be like in this space and like be learning about this but the reality is like most people have no idea that this is even an option that like diets is the only option for them and so um, I think just providing that would be really cool and then just really like the concept of like personalized nutrition because like Sonia said, every body is beautiful and we all respond to different foods in different ways. And so these cookie cutter diets of like, this is the only way this food is bad. This food is good. is not true for the masses. And so, um, I'd love to see that. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I would just love to see, um, Health fields, different health fields, working together more um, because we see a lot of different fields, you know, demonizing the other side if they have a different viewpoint, and um, th- we know that that doesn't work, obviously. And I think that that's where change really starts. Um, so just kind of a wider acceptance of bodies of all sizes because uh, people in larger bodies are constantly told to just lose weight um, and it'll solve all their problems, but we've seen that that doesn't work. And I guess just shifting our focus away from weight in general.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. And we'll actually an upcoming guest, um, Dr. Yami said this, but like, or we, she and I talked about like, we'll get a lot farther if we work together too. So if we think about like, there are different opinions out there and there's different like schools of thought and also all the providers I've met in all these different camps, like just want to help people feel better. And so I think that's our inroad for shifting systemic change and like medicine and all these different healthcare professions is like, give them tools that are effective. And we know that these tools are effective. The, the issue is we have to be a little bit more patient for sometimes for the outcome, whether the outcome is feeling more peace and more control, flexible with food and, or for some people their weight might change, but it's sort of letting go of that control. And, and that's hard. That's it's not an easy ask for anyone, especially because we just like to see who doesn't like to see results when they're like working on something. Right. But mm-hmm. we have to redefine what outcome and results, you know, what we think about as results. And also change with anything takes time. I certainly learned that's my reflective, you know, self, you guys know this about the business of like changing things, seeing the outcomes that we want to see in the business is going to take time and that's okay. And being patient with that is challenging, but important. (laughs) So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, focus on finding the right solution, but like within, uh, different health fields, but it's just about like, like, as you said, being patient and realizing that we don't have to, you know, be so focused on that one solution all the time.
0: Yeah. And there's probably no one right solution for Well, there clearly is no one right solution for everyone's right. health. That does not make sense. <laughs> and like, yes, helping the individual to trust themselves to figure out what's best for them is more challenging and yet more effective long-term. Exactly. This is um, a question that I didn't, that I'm just adding, but is there any uh, questions you guys want to ask me just as we're, we're chatting or anything you want to know? It's okay if there's not.
1: <laughs> um, I was just wondering, like, I don't know, just about the internship in general. How do you feel uh, about the last six months and how do you feel that it's like, how do you think it's changed the company and,
0: you know, helped your message? Well, that's a good question. I, I mean, it's, it's been super fun, very challenging for me as a leader to try to figure out how to be a leader, because that's why I joined clockwork. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's been really fun. Very energizing. I was very excited as you guys could probably tell with my like initial email, like, you know, here's where it's a very long, detailed email that I think I wrote on a Sunday. Like, I can't stop thinking about this. Um, but very energizing to have you guys on board and, uh, of course, to have help. And, like, I feel very, very hopeful about growth moving forward. And I'm just trying to, like, be patient that, like, growth in terms of, like, email list and social following isn't, like, you know, didn't necessarily skyrocket in the last six months, which, know I think sometimes partly we are like I'm working so hard so where's the output but I think I've learned so much from all of you and also just from being in this position of trying to lead and it's been really fun and very challenging in a very good way.
2: Um I was wondering like was there a specific moment because you used to work like in clinical spaces, um, cause you were like health psychology, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So you did a lot of like research about, you know, weight loss and stuff like that. So was there a specific moment that you like realized, like, I kind of want to move away from this. And like, I think there's something better I could be doing.
0: Yeah. It's, um, Not exactly. I I would say my, um, the way I tend to think is like about personally and professionally, it was more gradual. It was really, um, but I'm trying to remember, I think there was a time when I was at rush and, um, either intern, I think it was internship year and just kind of reflecting on what I wanted to do. And I'm like, I was talking to a mentor there and I'm like, I just don't this doesn't work. Like this dieting paradigm, like this weight loss paradigm is not effective. And actually that mentor was like, well, what you're saying, cause I was kind of talking about like, um, what had at that time worked for me, which, um, in my share your story podcast, I talk a little bit about, there was this inside out weight loss podcast that I used to listen to. So I used to walk around grad school. And so it was still a weight loss focused podcast, but she talked a lot about like, how do you want to feel over time? And that concept really resonated with me personally I was like, oh yeah, like that makes sense kind of a too intuitive eating esque, right but she would still talk about weight loss and so I would was still kind of stuck and then I talked to this mentor and I was like, I don't think this works so like I want to study what actually works and um she introduced me to self-determination theory and I had not heard of that before and then I delved into the research there and I'm like, oh yeah, like it's about autonomous motivation and so, that moment, I haven't actually thought a ton about this moment until you asked that question, but that was kind of pivotal. And it's not even a research area of that particular mentors. She just mentioned it to me. And I was like, this makes sense. And then I started to use that framework for a lot of things of like, okay, well, we know autonomous motivation works long-term. So how do we get people there? And, um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's like, then I read health at every, I read intuitive eating, I think after that. I think health at every size after that, I'm like, Oh, this makes a lot of sense. But then you're still in healthcare and you're still just like, well, um, this makes sense to me, but everyone's talking about dieting and weight loss. And so eventually I just had to say, got to move on.
1: Yeah. want a bigger
0: part in this, like, Like yeah. And just more freedom to do the things that make sense to me. Actually, I was talking to people about this model inside healthcare, but I think it's almost impossible to move move into this framework. I'm making a lot more progress with my one-on-one clients now because they're not coming to a clinic where they're being weighed, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I worked in two clinics, one clinic, they didn't get weighed. And that clinic, I did see people having progress. That was my preventive cardiology clinic, but the weight loss clinic, bariatric surgery, they were not making a ton of progress because they were still getting weighed all the time. And yeah. Yeah. Any final questions or thoughts?
1: Um, I would just like to say uh, thank you uh, for the past six months. Um, I think that, I mean, it's definitely changed my life. It's taught me so much uh, more about what I'm passionate about and helped me kind of zero in a little bit more on what I wanna do in the future. So. Thank you for being a great teacher and I'm looking forward to
3: um, the future of the company. Thank you. Yeah, I think I totally agree with Grace and I feel that all of us have grown in different aspects and we've grown together and um, Sean, I'm so proud of your social media. (laughs) There's something (laughs) I would like to say. I'm so excited about you and your more more than the company. I'm excited about Sean and her social media handles, and her Instagram <laughs> specifically. That's
0: and I'm something posting. I'm really- <laughs> yeah, I'm posting sometimes, or yeah. just because. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree with everything. Um, I just am super excited to see where this company will go. And like we all said, this message is so important to us, and it really needs to be spread. And I think that you know this is just a message that needs to be known. And we're all probably really excited to see where it goes. So thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you all so much. It it truly really has been an incredible six months. It's been an incredibly roller coaster year for for me in many different ways, mostly good, although some some rough periods. And um and yet like I feel so grateful for all of you and so just um, so happy that we've had this opportunity to to grow and talk about this message and so thank you all for everything and for being here and um, for for being you. Of
1: course thanks for having us. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you. All right I'll pause. If you're anything like me, you may at times really feel like there's so much pain in the world that it's pretty overwhelming. And even though I do my best to avoid the news, it's hard to avoid feeling helpless at times, that you can't do anything to make positive change. Well, I'm here to tell you that there's one positive change that I've made in terms of where I buy my books, and I'd invite you to do the same. Bookshop is a website that supports local bookstores near you as well as affiliates that work with them. So if you buy through the bookshop link, you're going to be supporting local bookstores near you in the U.S. and Canada, and you're going to be supporting my blog and podcast. It's kind of like a tip jar. Did you know that if nothing slows their momentum, Amazon will have about 80% of the book market by the end of 2025? Look, I have Amazon Prime. I love the convenience, but this is a super cool way that you can do something positive with where you buy your books and support some really positive causes. Make sure you check it out. You can find all of my favorite books about health and wellness, but also about topics like courage, vulnerability, and even some of my favorite fiction and kids' books for the times when you just need some fun, downtime, or some meaningful stories. My recent favorite is related to improving the quality of our lives and the way we use technology, and really doing so from a value-based place. No pressure. It's not going to tell you that technology is bad. It's just going to help you to evaluate for you where the pros outweigh the cons and where they don't. So if you believe in supporting local, controlling the things that you can, please consider buying your books through Bookshop and through the Psychology of Wellness link. You can find that in the show notes, or you can go to drshawnhondorp.com. That's D-R-S-H-A-W-N-H-O-N-D-O-R-P.com forward slash bookshop. Thank you for tuning in today. Your time is valuable, and it means so much to me that you're here. Despite the title of this podcast, many of our topics are not always easy. Change is hard and let's face it, life and truly looking inward at ourselves can be uncomfortable. That's why I'm grateful, grateful for you and your willingness to listen, learn, and keep an open mind. I invite you to learn more by going to drshawnhondorp.com or finding me on Instagram at psychology.of.wellness. If you're enjoying this podcast, it would be amazing if you could give it a review so more people can find it. Thanks, and I truly hope you have an energetic and inspired day.